relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Oh, oh, we're at part two. We're doing part two. Boss part. Were you guys like, what happened? Hey. I want to hear more about seeds. I do want to hear more about seeds. We get into more about seeds on this part. I mean, let's don't even act like we remember what we talked about the second half because the people are going to be like, do you guys even know what you're talking about? And we're like, no, because it's been a couple weeks <laughs> and we've done a bunch of stuff. But we're not allowed to leave our house, really. We just like you have to stay on your path to the house to the back. I thought so, shooting from the hip, I was pretty safe by saying that we talked about seeds. Yeah, but I just even the way you said it, I was like, anyone that listens is gonna be like, Mike's lying about something. <laughs> it's pretty emotionally raw with stuff, so we can feel wherever the winds are blowing him. I mean, I like to I'll be vague, but I'm not gonna lie. You know, that's my whole broadcasting thing. It's like, also, every now and then, just be super transparent. People Walter Cronkite of cannabis. I really feel that. That could be that. I wouldn't mind that. Like the Walter Cronkite of of cannabis podcasting. I don't want to do a TV. Well, I don't know. I might. There is an idea I have for a TV show that I want to do. It would be like a, it wouldn't. Don't give it away. You got you got like time stamp this, get a copywritten. Oh, it's dude. I I tried to pitch it like five years ago, motherfucker. It's already been. There's one pages. There's the there's a little Bible. There's a little show Bible already. We already know where we want to do it and everything. If I'm being honest, this podcast is probably an offshoot of that idea. Whoa. Yeah. And we'll flip around and end up doing because of the podcast. I'm in universe and I don't even know. It's cool. And you guys, when I tell you the idea off off recording, you guys are like, oh, we need to do that. Yeah. So I'm I'm already on board. Just, you know, color me ready. Okay. I will. Um man. So the I love talking about the seeds because it is like one of those things you don't even think about. Like I, I think these guys are some. There's, they're my might be. I don't know. I have a lot of favorites on this. Everyone, everyone we talked to, I've been like, also they're amazing. Uh, so I can't. I, I'm not going to use the word favorite because everyone's been fucking dope. But I think it's this one sticks with me because the way my brain works. I'd already, I usually just go keep going deeper and deeper. And with the plant, I had never considered the seed part of it or like who's selling seeds or how they get this part or there's even a business behind it. Uh, So, and then when we were just like, hey, we're going to go talk when we went up to meet them, I was more excited about just driving deep into the mountains. And I didn't even know what we were about to get in. I mean, I, I knew you were strangely excited on that trip and you were already in the truck. That was such a funny day because I was like, what is going on? Why is he like a little labrador? The other day right we now. couldn't wake him up and now he's like on the roof waking everybody up. Uh, but then it was, and then they were just so super, super cool and their place was beautiful. It was just like, oh, this seed thing is pretty amazing. And then to learn to really put it together, because I'm a dumb dumb, that that Jack Herrera I had grown came from them too. And I was, just, that's when I was just like, I'm going to live here. You guys can take the truck back. <laughs> well, it really, 
when you first get into growing cannabis and stuff, you're like, okay, I have this plant and I'm gonna grow the flower and everything. But there isn't like a whole context to what's going on or how these things are kind of really here. Like for me, it's along the same lines as like when you hit your teenage years and you're like, oh, so all this is just kind of made up, but it's also very real and has a history to it and everything. Like that's what learning about seeds, lineage and all that type of stuff. I mean, I in the group chat, I sent you an article about the Cherokee people are releasing their seeds to their tribal members and they're growing, you know, some heirloom seed stock that's been grown in this country, you know, since us shitty white people got here. It's and before like before that, before that. Yeah, before that. And so it's just, those are the important things. I mean, the fact that the majority of scientists were like, hey, so all the seeds that we grow here in this world, we need to put in a fucking vault up at the, the caps just in case the world fucking ends. This is one of the more important things. Like, I always like to look at the people who know things and whatever they value. I'm like, all right, I'll pay attention to that. Yes. I agree. I yeah. I'm always looking like, what are people smarter than me doing? <laughs> why are they that excited? Why are y'all doing that? Like, yeah, like why is Mike so damn excited that we're going to the seed place? That kind of thing. That was why I was like, I don't know what this is, but Smarty Pants over here is excited, so it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's an important temple, especially of our community and the history, you know. Jack Herrera and the importance that he was for us and you know the fact I that love him. we got a good strain named after him that is going to be held on by these tent poles of our community. Jack Herrera is just a special it really is a special strain. It's one of my favorite. Especially now that we're getting bogged down by all these hybrids and these and that's and this and that. It's good that we have the original stockpile so that we can go back to it. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean. Like, it's like when I go to some of these dispensaries in LA and it's just, I mean, they do a good job. Uh, shout out to Dr. Green Thumbs. That's a great one. That's, they're doing it. It's a dope dispensary. I really like the way they've done it. We want to interview you. Yeah, we do. Call at us if y'all listen. We do what it is. We would love to talk to you guys. And I've spent enough money there. I think that I think we maybe y'all may owe us an interview. If I'm being honest, I got the receipts. Literally. You can they can track your records, so I'm sure they got Oh, they do. I'm part of a cool club now and I get like yeah. (laughs) Uh because I get I you know we'll talk about that later. Um but it they do have, you know, they've got the the trendy stuff and then the high-end stuff but then you go through and it is just this mismatch of like strains coming and going to where you're like this is fun but also like where's the jam but there's always like a jack or something like that we're like yes someone's always keeping that those are the important ones right there i think that's why we're doing this podcast too is to keep that just educating people about that part of the plant and the and cannabis it's like yo we need to hold on to some of these i know we can all get excited about all the new stuff but it's like come on i think jack herrera that was like snoop dogg he was the snoop dogg of its time a little bit more political leaning probably but ah snoop snoop's political he's he moves in the shadows you don't see him talking about some real shit that's what I'm talking about. That's real political where you're like, what's he thinking? You don't know. He's a professional Snoop Doggy Dog. We would also like to interview him. If you are listening to the podcast, we, Snoop. I do. I have heard his rate and I, we cannot afford that. But if you would like to volunteer to talk to us, that would be cool. We'll give him some of Slee's beats. We'll be I like, don't. you get the joy of rapping over Slee's beats We'll give I would, that to you if you come I do want to see you pitch that to him. I do want to <laughs> be in the room. I mean, he's real cool. I think he would blow it off real nice, but I don't think that's how that music industry, I think, I don't know. Maybe if Sleeworth, he's like, for free, he's like, I think he might, 
this took a weird turn, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> I think you might be like, well, let me hear the beats. Yeah. Because you never know. And then we I won't think that's, have... He's a smart like, guy like that. He's like, I would listen a little bit. We won't have the recorder or like a CD player, so I'll have to do it from memory and just be like... And like stuff like that. I'm sorry, buddy. I should have just led us into the episode. And then I didn't know. I didn't know Mike was going to keep keep improving. Ladies um, and gentlemen, give it up for the Humboldt Seed family. not uh you know it, it can easily you can have the auto flower and you can have completely everything that you want from from your weed uh without having to sacrifice so i didn't know that now we've seen it firsthand we've done it we've been able to like make you know autos that were like completely happy with we feel it you know we're making our good old favorites blueberry muffins and all of those things we're like almost done with having those as autoflower types we're even making freak show autoflower (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome well no yeah it's the same thing for me it's like i had never really seen autoflowers until like on the forums and some of the other places you know couple years back and i was like what is this what's going on there has to be some level of fuckery but i am just seeing such beautiful amazing you know auto flower cannabis and then it becoming more widespread i'm like oh shit okay this has to be a good thing and i think it is perfect for people who do you know are coming into the industry and want to start growing and get to experience that because i've definitely fucked up my plants more times than i ever want to admit by faulty timers and lights coming on when they shouldn't come on i re-vegged a quarter of the room in week five of flowering and then tried to bring it to full term after that which made for some really weird looking buds but you know um i think it's so cool that uh, that it's being used now especially by you guys well it gives you you know there's advantages to it like i certainly think that you know we've all probably we we're all aware of of light depth and uh, if you've never done it it kind of sucks because it's like especially if you're doing it by hand you're like up early in the morning and doing this t- pulling of tarps late at night and it's a lot <laughs> of plastic and it. there's just like kind of seems really silly so that just just that in in and of itself is kind of a huge uh advance you know huge improvement but i think that there's you know both of that both traits are valuable because also there are some negatives about the auto flowering thing like if you haven't gotten the quite the growth out of your what you were planning to you know like veg your plants with a photo period you can just say well I'm not going to, you know, flip it over to the flower quite yet. I'm going to let it get a little bigger, you know, especially obviously in an indoor or light depth, you have those choices. Whereas with auto, like literally I try to remind people that these aren't like magic beans. They still, (laughs) they still need sun and 
warmth and and heat because a lot of people will do them in the they'll try to squeeze them in kind of in their spring early early spring or late winter. <laughs> and and the or in the after their harvest and it's just kind of like you know the the thing about them is that you have that two and a half to three months to get the plant kind of big so that it will produce a you know a worthwhile amount of bud and if you don't it's gonna bud and finish whether you like it or not so it's <laughs> i kind of compare it to like an egg timer like you've literally just like twisted that timer over to hard boil and it's clicking no matter it's like counting down no matter what you're doing so hopefully you're putting that plant into some decent growing conditions and it's going to be happy and thrive and then you know two and a half minutes or three minutes later it's going to ding and you're going to be you know stoked you have this like really early bud because basically we're telling people you can plant these things in the ground or in on your freaking balcony in <laughs> you know in like like may 1st or something like that and have fully done ready to harvest weed in in what like mid June that would be or or July let's see no yeah July in mm. mid July which is pretty awesome right because otherwise you're waiting until you know October so yeah no when light up first became a thing and I you know, we learned of it from a little bit more south than us here I had a friend try to pull off three runs one summer and the first run of cannabis looked horrendous <laughs> i was like listen your buds are missing out on a very important part of the spectrum and it's just way too cold for them to even really develop anything great but you know he was throwing them into flowers super early back in those days he had them on pallets would bring them in and out every night from his barn <laughs> i was like <laughs> That's so much work, man. It's amazing the things we used to do to <laughs> to grow a little bit of ganja. We hike miles and miles with our daughter in a backpack through the bushes. <laughs> do you remember any of the 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 hiking through the backpack and everything? I do have some memories, but you know, one of the weirdest things to me is like when I look back on it, I never really differentiated like our cannabis plants from, you know, our little corn patch or whatever else we were doing. It was like all kind of just part of the gardening lifestyle to me. And, uh, you know, I did realize at some point that our landlord didn't like some of our plants for some reason. So, you know, I, I have a memory of hearing a car start coming up the driveway and knowing that I should run right over to my dad and be like, Hey, I think the landlord's here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it was like fun times to me though. Like there's not really any better way to grow up than to be like outside playing in the dirt with your family and your dog. Like, you know, I think the worst thing that maybe happened was the one time my dad had the dog follow him up the trail and he, uh, tried to spray paint the spot on her tail so that Nobody would recognize her in case they were game camp or something. <laughs> aside from that, it's stress-free time for us, to be honest. I mean, shoot, I was the kid, so I'm sure he was pretty stressed out, but I had fun. I was so paranoid back then. I used to be like, because I was a new dad, and I definitely enjoyed it. And, you know, I just felt like the last thing that I wanted was to not be around and but you know it was Humboldt County and it was like that was what we did and um you know so I was just I think I was like one of the more cautious types and I think I got kind of verging on neurotic sometimes so like one time when the dog snuck out of the house and like this was miles because i would it would be like a whole day thing and i'd just be gone and um but the dog of course could just you know they're just uncanny how they can follow and 
pick up on scents and stuff. So next thing I know, I'm like, we're tending to this mountain spot that's hours and hours and hours of hiking away from (laughs) our place. And along, I hear this rustling in the bushes and I'm just bracing myself. I was like, oh my God, they found me or whatever. (laughs) And just like, that's why like listening to that guy that you interviewed, that was the camp, um, whatever. I just, that was such a great podcast that you guys did with him. And it, cause it really brought me back to those kind of, and it's like sitting there thinking like that was who was, you know, in that helicopter. And I always kind of, I, I always tend to think of people as like, just like they're humans too, you know, they're just in a different situation than I am. I'm the, you know, I'm the mouse and they're the cat right now and sometimes <laughs> vice versa, you know? So, um, but anyway, and then sure enough, it was the dog that came flying down out of the bushes, not the guy from camp. And, uh, but I was really, really paranoid back then. And there, I was afraid that they would put they, which they were known to do. They'd put game cameras in the bushes and get pictures of you. So I, I had a disguise. I had something that was covering my identity a little bit. And so, <laughs> <laughs> or entirely, not a little bit. I'm, it's kind of almost sounds crazy now, but was it like a president's mask over your head? <laughs> like, uh... yeah. No, it was, I, I actually just did the classic, uh, women's stockings was my scene which was funny because like i i had the stockings for two things because you also needed a filter for the water lines that we would put into they were all gravity fed and so you'd have like a filter and a battery operated timer and then it would go on down we would always like, if you're, you know, we were pretty serious. So we'd go out in the winter and we'd make sure they were all buried and hidden and everything. And, uh, anyway, the the filter I would usually make out of, uh, some mosquito nets and stuff like that. But then the last defense from, um, silt and particulate that would be in these little springs that we would use, was women's pantyhose because the great thing about it was like as the as they would clog the suction of the water pulling down would actually like cause them to spread out a little bit which would then allow enough you know whatever the silt was or whatever it was blocking it would let some through which you know you didn't want that but it was better that it was letting just a little bit through then it was just done and you know static and like clogged so that was because we use pantyhose to make compost tea back in my day that's how we first (laughs) yeah and so you know it like stretches and it you know it'll let more stuff through the more that you kind of wring it out but um Anyway, and then so the dog was there, and I was like, the dog's not disguised. So if they do have me on camera, they're gonna know that's my dog, that's my thing. And and so I literally I didn't end up doing it, Allie. I I know I talked about it a bunch and I was like, I'm gonna spray paint the spot. And I think it was just mostly because I was like super pissed that the dog had actually startled me so much and and I never spray painted, but I was definitely <laughs> I was like, just this one little spot. If I, you know, if I just took some, some of that spray paint, it would just be, you know, it's not going to hurt the dog, right? <laughs> I would have shaved it so it learned its lesson. <laughs> <laughs> that I do appreciate that you like that episode. You know, that episode I had a bunch of emails and a bunch of back and forth with a lot of people with different opinions on camp, and you know, I know camp was 
very impactful for some people, you know, PTSD causing and other stuff like that. But, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, you did win at the end of the day because he does work at a farm that grows cannabis. So I'm hoping and assuming that they exclusively have to buy your seeds and you're charging them extra, not even knowing that now you are the cat and they are the mouse. So, I mean, that's my own hope. <laughs> I actually really liked that guy. I thought that he was, you know, very genuine. And um, I, I know that there were probably the characters out there that were, you know, just trying to screw over all the dope growing hippies and just really make life harder for us. And then there were those that were probably just like, you know, this is my job and yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing this. And yeah, you know, I'm out here, I'm going to cut your plants. I'm sorry, but you know, I have to do it. So it was kind of the, the ones that probably got teased a lot in high school or whatever the hell happened to them to want to be, you know, really mean police officers. Um, I guess I probably, you know, there's probably a reason that I should feel sorry for them too, but I find it harder to. No, they reap what they sow. Um, if we're staying on, I agree with that. I, uh, I have a friend who was a former cop that on the same vein and he, his girlfriend at the time was a big pothead. This was in Georgia, and it's one of my favorite stories. And he's a good dude. He doesn't tell people he was a cop. He's like, people do not like it. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I didn't like that. You just told me that. And he was like, yeah, see, that's why I don't tell people. <laughs> um, but then he was saying that his girlfriend, and like they live together, and they're very serious. He was like, she was a huge pothead. And he was like, and I just, I, I couldn't arrest people for it he's like i pull him over he's like every now and then it would just like be pouring out of the car like teaching john and i just have to act like i didn't smell it he's <laughs> like just just because he's like because she did it around me all the time and i really had no problem with it and then i was like man you weren't meant to be a cop he's like i really wasn't it was not a job for me that he got fired i think for helping somebody he shouldn't have helped or something yeah like they i always think of that when i talk to policemen i always think like there are people that are just like they're too far deep and they're just like ah this is the only way i can make money this sucks so it's weird <laughs> it's capitalism is what it is yeah exactly so as far as 2021 goes do you guys when you're looking at releasing you know new strains new breeding projects and stuff like that are you looking towards what the market's really wanting or do you guys also take that in mind but you're also like i know this one over here is a winner so i'm gonna put this out and these motherfuckers will see how you want to answer that well sure i mean i think that you know, in some sense, we do try to have as diverse of a seed catalog as we possibly can. And, you know, if there's stuff that's getting really hyped up, we might play with that and make a cool cross here or there. But, you know, the reality for us is, is that we know the most important part of breeding at this point is really focusing on stabilization and finding those amazing phenos, you know, like you can market the shit out of a strain and it can do great for a couple years. Like, you know, not to throw anything under the bus, but the first thing that comes to my mind is wedding cake. And it's like, everyone had so much fun with wedding cake at first. Everyone wanted to grow it. And, you know, next thing you know, it's like, everyone's had enough of it. And, you know, there's also issues that go along with cultivating that strain that I've heard from a few different folks here and there. And so for us, like, we really focus on the longevity of our lines. We want it to be solid and stand out for a long time, you know? Yeah. And they're, they're great strains. I mean, a lot of them, they get popular for a reason. It's not. Then that's uh, a flash in a pan type of thing. <laughs> well, no, I feel that way because like for me, I'll be growing, you know, some stuff and people will be like, Oh, you got this cut or that cut something that's, you know, a big name right now. 
But in that same room, I'll only have a few plants of this one strain. I'll be like, no, but you guys got to pay attention to this one because this is my favorite fucking plant right now. It doesn't have the names that you're seeing in magazines or different things, but this is the one you guys got to pay attention to. So that's at least something always in my heart where I'm like, no, you guys go check this one now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think for us, being one of the only options for like licensed folks in California to be getting bulk seeds from, it's really important to us to really focus on stability with our genetics. And, you know, as I was saying, we make some new fun crosses, but we're always full disclosure and we keep those in a whole different category. And we say, Hey, these are pheno hot ones. (laughs) You want us to come through and take cuts of your stuff in the summer and do this collaborative hunt with us, get these. But if you're really looking for something that you can bag up as all the same stuff and, you know, have a great solid vigorous season with, then you might want to go with, you know, some of our older lions that we've really spent a lot of time into stabilizing for folks. Now, so your dad was talking earlier just about how, you know, trying to help out the smaller guys, you know, who are going, maybe not getting as many cuts. Have you guys been seeing, a shift in the market because you guys do supply a lot of people in California. Does it seem like, you know, people are exponentially growing or is it transferring to some people are becoming larger, other people are uh, falling away type of thing, or like just you guys are on the literal ground floor foundation of the California market. So I'm sure you guys might be able to see things before other people. Well, that's honestly, it's, it's kind of like a tough topic because, you know, I think it's somewhere more in the middle where some people are expanding and some people are shrinking down or just saying the size they always were. But, you know, as he was saying, that's why it's like really important for us to be an asset to these smaller farmers, especially in the Humboldt County area, but, you know, really anywhere in California, because we know it's not easy. And, you know, we know that like, you don't need to necessarily or we don't want people to feel like they need to be getting like 5,000 seeds from us for it to be worth it I mean anything you know less than a few hundred isn't necessarily worth it for us financially but it's absolutely worth it as far as you know providing quality genetics to our community and being able to like do our best to you know keep these smaller farms up and running but a lot of the time it's like these days we see a lot of folks getting flour and wholesale and it gets you know rebranded a lot of the time and that definitely affects the brand recognition for our county as well as for these small farms and you know people don't get to even see what dispensary their product is ending up in sometimes and so it's different and it's trippy but you know all we can really do is do our best to you know offer what we can to these folks and try to get by all together yeah i mean you know, we're seeing, um, I would definitely say that it's not like, we're not seeing a lot of people lose their license as much as just, you know, there was a lot of folks that got really close to getting it and then kind of gave up in the last year or two because there was sort of a transition period where people could still operate and you know as long as they were kind of you know meeting these deadlines and taking these steps and definitely like some of them just at you know got i mean like our next door neighbor out at the farm got two-thirds of the way and just said fuck this yeah I mean a lot of folks kind of said that and you know we even know a few folks that actually made it through and got a permit and we're still like fuck this because it's a lot you know you're like dealing with your property taxes you're dealing with excise taxes and then they you know add in metric and like if you're small scale and you have to like pay your employees and then manage all of those things and then manage your farm on top of that like you know, it really is a stretch. And for some people, it just came down to the fact that it wasn't worth it for them anymore. And they weren't really even scraping by off of what they had going. And 
that's, you know, something that's sad to see. And that's one of the aspects of legalization that definitely hasn't been that positive to me. Cause you know, at first they came at us with this whole acre cap agreement and, you know, they were like, we're going to try to keep things small scale. And I think that that's what got a lot of people to go for the yes on that in the first place. And then, you know, what do you know, here we are. And it's like, people are having 10, 20 acre fucking grows. And that's like something that I think a lot of people would have immediately been wary to see because how is somebody with one acre in, you know, a tiny little town supposed to compete with that and, you know, be able to make like, you know, all they want to do is make a living is the reality. Like they're not the big guys out here trying to become a billionaire off the industry. They just want to keep feeding their family. Like they've been doing for 20 years. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that it's like, you know, you can't do it with two people. And it used to be that two, two or three people could run a cannabis operation easily. And it, you know, it wasn't going to be the biggest one, but two or three people could run it. And now if you're only two or three people, you have to wear so many different hats and be good at so many different things, like expert at so many different things. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't just necessarily like throw on the attorney hat or throw on the accountant (laughs) hat out of nowhere. Like these things, you know, they have major learning curves and if you don't have the resources to like seriously expand your team, you're going to be, you know, trying to grow a business and you're going to be essentially becoming like a full-time accounting student, trying to figure out how to handle all your excise taxes and whatnot on top of it. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, just even what you were saying, I legit have a dude who just does metric. He makes all the manifests for me. He does all my, we're a pretty small farm. You know, we only have like four or five employees but like i have a dude who does all the metric he helps out on other stuff he's a very handy dude so he can help me with environmental controls but like his whole thing was like hey i need somebody to do metric because i have no fucking idea on how to make it through any of this stuff so when you think about that like hey somebody's main job is just going to be metric that's a whole nother add-on that you know you never had to deal with before yeah. And like, don't get us wrong, you know, because the 10,000 seed orders and whatever, you know, those are kind of helping us even sustain the capacity to be able to make sure we help the mom and pops and humble. And it's not like we're like their savior or anything like that. But some of them, I mean, some folks just don't even really like, you know, they, they really just, you know, want to grow from seed. They want to do, you know, a couple hundred plants or a hundred plants even um, on their five to 10,000 square foot. And, and these are folks that are, you know, kind of maybe even close to retiring. And I mean, you know, it's like how <laughs> I know that this is reality and it's like maybe I'm just trying to be an idealist, but I would love to see, you know, craft cannabis still have a place in in the world. And, and I'd love to see like in humble that those kind of folks that sort of just built this industry, because a lot of them are those people that, you know, stuck their necks out. 20 years ago and 100 percent. i'm it's it's part of like it's a new motivation for me when we went to humboldt and and you know we didn't know about southern humboldt as much when we went and met you guys the first time and then uh we went there and we're still trying to go back with covid and some other stuff has prevented us from going back but it was that was the thing is like I really want to get these southern hum some of these southern Humboldt people's stories out to just it's it's to me it if it's like Sonoma or all that or Napa Valley with the wine where it's like people need to come see where it's made and where it's coming from and who did this 
and it's really important but i think if we get the word out it will be protected because of how many cannabis connoisseurs there are like you said like like she was talking about earlier was like yeah you're gonna grow this one strain like i'm very excited i'm growing squirt um very soon mike's taking his sweet ass time with us and it's driving me nuts but <laughs> but i'm learning a lot so i understand what he's doing um, he was just meditating in his tent the other day so I i'm did. doing a and whole they, wax on wax I, off thing with him so. yeah calm me down too it was a good thing he did because <laughs> i was like motherfucker we need to get some dirt in this thing um but it's i think like he, we're gonna like i still go to the dispensary and go see what's what designer shits out there or what stuff that I, is just because you're curious so it's they can't i just don't think we can't I, let them ruin it i think that there's always going to be that demand from consumers um you know i don't see that ever really going away and there's so many people that really care and have learned to care about where their product is being sourced from and if it's being sourced in a healthy mindful way and i think that that's always going to be something that is going to have demand but you know the other aspect of this is that you know i'm going to take this time to just like remind folks that it's you know it's essential to kind of like stay on the regulators in this position as well because as much as it's up to the consumers it's also up to them and how they handle it and you know whether they continue to reduce opportunity for these smaller farms or whether they you know start to try to figure out ways to encourage these folks to keep going because you know that's really a huge part of what makes it all play out the way that it does it's you know you can always you can always have demand for something, but if they're not giving the people the opportunity to give the customers what they want, then, you know, what are we going to do? So you taking this opportunity to say that you're running for office specifically <laughs> for cannabis industry people? Maybe if I can ever get some time off, I would, say, <laughs> I would, I would be into it because... You know, we, we need people that are in these regulatory positions to be looking out for everyone and looking out for the consumers and looking out for the cultivators and not just looking out for what creates the most instant revenue for their county. Because the reality is, is the main way to keep consistent revenue in a small area is to keep small businesses afloat. Like if you have a corporate bank account, you're probably not going and spending your money at the local grocery store or the local nursery or whatever it is. It's, you know, it's all a part of keeping our small community happening and keeping us alive. May I suggest that the cannabis industry take its regulation and the way it handles that from the financial industry, which is you just take whoever's working at Goldman Sachs or whatever, and then they go regulate for a little bit. So that's what you guys should do if you when you get into the politics of it. I can't. I had way too much fun in my twenties. I cannot be in the politics. I would. I just. I. They could comment, but that's it. I can consult. But I'm saying. You guys get in there and then you guys just take the people who've been doing it and be like, oh, well, they're in charge of regulation now instead of just business people. That's how you do it. I shouldn't have said it on a recording. I shouldn't have. I should have said it after we got done, but that's what we're doing. <laughs> well, but it wouldn't, we wouldn't want the Goldman Sachs of Canada. We'll, we'll get no, there. No, no, you understand. Yes, that is. <laughs> I, I, I know what yes. you mean, though. I know what yes. you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying their model. But yes, yes. I mean, for me alone, it's just so funny going through the regulations and by being somebody who's done illegal stuff for most of my life and the regulations they've put into place and within five seconds reading and being like, oh, well, you just do that thing. So why are you guys even spending all this? <laughs> but this has been great. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule for us. You guys have been absolutely amazing. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having us. As I said, when we first joined on, I was a little bit like, oh man, a podcast night. And then I saw the link was you guys and I got really excited. It's always a good time. <laughs> 
I was the same way. I was like, oh, God damn. Oh, yay. <laughs> well, I'm glad uh, to hear the feeling was mutual. No, we can't wait to see you guys again. Like, we're coming up one more time, but here's the thing. We got to rip on Humboldt. Uh, you guys got to stop gathering. Right, right. We're coveting around up here a little bit. It's it true. is. Well, what made me laugh was it was just like it was fine and then harvest happened and then all y'all came out of the woods and just got together and then blah <laughs> and then, then that shit exploded it was so oh, funny yeah. i was Maybe like oh they forgot about covid they did in the woods yeah. That was a fun interview. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope that we get them back many more times. Ultimately. Yeah, they were, they can call in any anytime. And we'll we'll have a special phone for them next to all of us, like a red phone that goes and then we do it. We are growing their seeds on the uh on the Patreon. Mm. I'm growing some some squirt. Some I got squirt. from them from Humboldt Seed Company. I'm excited. I just think about, and I don't know if we talked about this on this one, but when Slee and I were driving out, no, we have it. It's a bit on the Patreon on Grow Your Own. Out back to LA after that sec, that first trip. And we had to, we had a joint of squirt and we didn't, I knew I had that seed those seeds so i went to that dispensary and i was like oh there it is so i'll get some and we're driving out and it's like sunset on the redwoods and we're we hit this hit the joint back and forth and then it just drops in this euphoric high it was like i just like dude this is what i'm growing and he's like i think you have to i just got a little euphoria from that it was Just you explaining that story. It was like I mean, one of those. I mean, and I smoke quite a bit of cannabis. So when it hits like that, you're like, oh, oh this okay. is special. This is special. I'm going to yeah. lick it and then I'm going to seed it. I'm going to seed it. I'm going to lick the seed and I'm going to put it in there. I'm going to grow. It's going to come on my DNA. It's going to fix all my problems. <laughs> yeah, I had grown the squirt previously. Um, you know, at King's, we did a quick little run of it. Um, sadly, we couldn't grow it multiple times because the breeder who uh, sold us the cuttings of it, they actually have a contract where they're like, you can buy these from us and grow it once. But if you want to grow it again, you got fucking come to us. And I was just like, damn, all right, man. I mean, there's there's other strains out there, I guess. But yeah, I do miss it. I'm like, damn, I wish I could grow that again. But guess who else got seeds of it? You did. Yeah, that's me. Oh, I'm good at guessing. You're so good at that. I uh, also, I just want to keep putting out there that Epic, the strain Epic. If anyone has the seeds, holler at us. That's... Uh, it's it would be fun to project. It would be. It is a passion. It would be fun to bring that back just for, for Fatty Warbucks memory. All right, because that shit was a fun couple months. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the most amazing thing is, who knows if it'll even taste the same way? No, that's. I'm so curious. Or like, and I hit it. I'm like, I don't like this at all. <laughs> like that's like it's like our My like, palate is. Was he cremated? Could we sprinkle his ashes into the pot to grow? I mean, he 
listen we could he would he would love that <laughs> but i don't i think his ashes have already been spread and all that but uh, did you see me have that thought where i went through like the steps uh, and <laughs> yes, it is, is i think it storyline. is storyline of how high it is that's how they get good at it taking tests because they smoke their friend who's real smart that's and a funny movie they also smoke the presidents too there's one ben franklin pops into that that was a great movie I it is a good movie. movie i like that movie too i like a good stoner movie i like a dumb stoner movie too what are you enjoy? Dude, we have to watch stoner movies. Hi, and do live Q and A's on the Patreon. So, well, I mean, join I don't, us on you're Patreon. just saying a bunch of words that I, I don't think go together, but that is a this is a good idea, and I think there might be some copyright problems yeah. with us just watching a movie and broadcasting it. Well, no, we'll like talk and say things. Okay, like say everyone turn it on your TV. Mm-hmm. That would be that wouldn't be fun. And do like mystery science theater type of stoner version of we it. should do reefer madness first yeah and then the other humble movie too that's a oh good yeah one. oh yeah this oh this we can't great say ideas. anything yeah what a fu- i hope people join listen- us on the patreon you guys you should that that's the that'll be first here Ooh, uh, outbreak yes Oh yeah, that was filmed in Ferndale, right? Yeah, and the dude it's... was in it. The oh yeah, he was in it. <laughs> um, man, I hope people listen to this outro. This is a good outro. <laughs> you guys follow us on on everything. Uh, Tony and Jose. Uh, grownlocalpod at gmail dot com. Uh grown local pod at twitter grown local pod at instagram leave a review if you listen to apple or anywhere that reviews it helps us i think we're figuring it out but Carmichael also join the patreon grown local k-a-r god damn man it's just like anytime you even like almost it's like it's like it's like anti-comedy <laughs> It's, a, it's impressive how unfunny it is every time. But if I just keep driving it into the ground, it'll eventually come up the other side. I and don't. Be the I, most maybe it's comedy. funny in China. Maybe you're right. Maybe you've driven it to the ground and they're it's killing in China. I'm really big in Tokyo. Oh man, you guys, thank you so much. Grow your own. Love you, Love sleep, you guys. Sleep.